Well, this evening we're going to start in the book of Habakkuk. Because it's good for us to remember where some of them real small books are. Amen? But we're not going to stay there, I promise. We're going to be in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. This evening, I'm going to preach on the four times the Scripture mentions the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The Lord's been putting this sermon on my heart since I was probably, I don't know, 20. And uh, I watched my parents grow, growing up live by faith. And I can remember my dad many times in my bedroom uh, at night, he'd be praying with me. And he would say, Lord, help us to trust you more. Help us to trust you more. Help us to trust you more. He would say that every night, over and over and over again. And one day, I don't know, I was probably mid-twenties. I said, Dad, has, it just dawned on me that, you know, you, you, you pray for us, for God to help us trust you more. So that means he has to take away more. Are you with me? The simple definition of faith is this, trust. That's the simple definition of faith, trust. If you worry, you are not trusting. That is the simple truth. If you worry, you are not trusting. See, here's what we like to do. We like to exercise our faith... Uh, to receive salvation. But then we want to pull back, don't we? Because we have a hard time trusting. Have a hard time trusting that God can take care of our family. We have a hard time trusting that God can do anything within the confines of His holy character. And I say that because I've seen people my whole life say they trust God, but then at the same time, in the same breath, they strive so hard to meet their own needs. They think their job meets their needs. But the just shall live by faith. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you are in misery I promise you, my friend, it is because you are not living by faith. You are living by your own way of doing things. Amen. That's just the bottom line. And the life we have in Christ will always conflict with the life that we live in the flesh. Always. That is why we have to bring everything into subjection everything into submission, into obedience of Jesus Christ. Faith is a lifestyle. Amen? Amen? Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have common sense. Okay, some people think living by faith means we shouldn't have common sense. It is not true. God gave us common sense. 
He gave us the ability to think and to manage. And he says in James chapter 1 that if we ask wisdom of him, he will give it to us liberally and upbraideth not. We're supposed to have common sense, but we are also supposed to trust him for everything. That is an active, ongoing lifestyle. The just shall live by faith, Habakkuk 2.4 Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. But the just shall live by his faith. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your blessings. Lord, help us as we're in your word tonight. Help us to understand the things that you would have us to understand. Help us to uh, make application to our lives, Lord, so that we can uh, change and trust you to give us everything that we need so that we can understand just exactly who it is that you are and fall more in love with you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. See, many people, going with our theme, many people want to be strong in faith. Have you ever heard somebody say, I've lost my faith? or I'm struggling with my faith, or I wish my faith were stronger. I wish my faith were strong so I could go do what he does, or I could go do what she does. Does anybody here want strong faith, yes or no? Then you have to live by faith. You have to. Because if you're not exercising your faith, it will never get strong. Now, as believers, we do not have blind faith. We have commands, and then we have opportunity to obey or disobey. And faith is simply this, trust, and then that trust motivates the obedience. If we were to go through Hebrews chapter 11 tonight, we would see that faith gives us understanding. We would see that faith demands obedience. We would see that faith motivates action. We would see that faith guides our decision-making. Faith can be simply defined, as I've said, as trusting in God and obeying His commands. The just shall live by faith. We see here in Habakkuk 2.4 that we are not upright on our own. No matter how good we think we are in our own mind, it is not good enough. So see, in order to live a life of faith, you must first be justified. You must first be justified. Now, for sake of time, we're not going to get into all of uh, the meaning of the book of Habakkuk. Like I said tonight, we're going to examine the four times that the scripture says the just shall live by faith. But I think it's important to note here, he says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. You can never achieve your own righteousness. In order to be just, you must be justified, and that requires a justifier. And there is only one who is worthy to justify you. And his name is Jesus Christ. You cannot justify yourself. There will be many who stand before him on judgment day and try to justify themselves. And they will experience the second death. We see in Romans chapter 3 and verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We see in Romans 5, 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we see 
in Romans chapter 5 and verse 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Justified by grace, justified by faith, justified by blood. The just shall live by faith. This is the lifestyle of the just. I hope everyone here tonight is just. I, I would assume that I'm speaking to the committed crowd being here on a Wednesday night when it's so nice outside. But because we have been justified, it demands a life of faith. Not just a point in time where you exercised your faith to salvation, but now... As a born-again, secured believer, you must live like it. The just shall live by faith. I'm going to say over and over and over and over again. This truth existed long before the Reformation came. Right? Martin Luther had his little epiphany. He found the just shall live by faith. And everyone thinks that we came out of the Reformation because Martin Luther discovered some great truth. This truth existed long before him. The prophet Habakkuk declared it first under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The just shall live by faith. Then we see in Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, the next three times is the Apostle Paul quoting the book of Habakkuk. I'm of the opinion, and that's all it is, that one of Paul's favorite books in the Bible was Habakkuk, because he quoted it so much. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, we see this, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. So we've looked at how we're justified. Now we need to look at how we receive faith. Well, we see that in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we receive faith by hearing the word of God. Romans 12 verse 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we receive faith by hearing the word of God, and we all receive the same amount. Right? Amen? That's what the scripture says. If you're sitting here tonight and you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, we all receive faith the same way, and we all receive the same amount. But it's up to you to exercise that faith, to walk with God day in and day out and obey Him and apply His Word. Listen to me, church. You can read the Bible every day, but if you do not apply it, it means nothing. I know Catholics who read their Bible more than some people who go to this church, and they are lost as a goose in a snowstorm. Do you know why? Because they do not apply it. If you want your faith to grow, you must apply what you know. The just shall live by faith. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11 
This is the third time the scripture gives us the just shall live by faith. I went through, I had the opportunity to go through verse by verse with our church in Harabakoa, Dominican Republic. We went verse by verse through the book of Galatians uh, before we came back to the States. Because the entire book of Galatians deals with false doctrine, works-based salvation. They received Christ as their Savior, but then there were people who wanted them to add to their salvation. And so Paul reiterates, no, the just shall live by faith. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Because we are justified by faith, we should live in faith. Because we are justified by faith, we should live in faith. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Galatians 3.8 The law is not of faith because Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Do you understand that Abraham was pre-law? Isaac was pre-law. Jacob was pre-law. They were regenerated. They were justified. They were saved by faith. The same way that you and I are. With no admixture. The just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, like we've already said, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. If you're so focused on keeping rules, you are not focused on your relationship with God and applying what it is that He is trying to teach you. Now, see, here's, here's where people get really confused because what about the Ten Commandments? Right? Those are rules. We're supposed to keep those. There are people who keep them, and they keep them very well, and they are still lost, my friend. You think about the young man who came to Jesus and he said, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you've got to keep this commandment and that commandment. He said, I've done all that for my youth. The just shall live by faith. See, by faith, we do what we are told to do. We don't do what we are told to do to earn faith, to earn salvation. Say, Josh, we know all this. Good. Then as Peter wrote in his first epistle, I find it me to stir you up by putting you in remembrance of those things. Because I promise you, my friend, that there is a time coming in this country where you are going to have to lean completely and totally and fully and wholly on God. Because this country has lived in idol worship for far too long. And God's people are the guiltiest. Why do you think God said in Hebrews chapter 10 that judgment begins at the house of God? 
The just shall live by faith. See, we receive the blessings of Abraham because Jesus Christ is the final sacrifice. That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. In Matthew 5.17, Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. In Romans, we see that the law of God is written on the heart of every man so that when they stand before him, they are without excuse. And so when Jesus Christ comes in, when he cleanses you, when you are made whole, when God the Father looks at you, he sees the fulfilled law of God on your heart. That's why we live by faith. It's through Jesus Christ. It is all about him. It is not about us. If you lift up your soul within you, you are not upright. If you exalt yourself, you will be abased. But if you exalt him, it's a wild ride. It's a wild ride. The fourth time we see is Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. A lot of people are scared to death to preach this passage because you get into eternal security. He makes it very clear. If you are a born-again believer, you are not one of those who draw back unto perdition. It is clear and plain. But the just shall live by faith. You see in verse 38, it is our lifestyle. It is absolutely our lifestyle. You see in verse 39 that it is our identity. We are not of them that draw back unto perdition. We are them who believe to the saving of the soul. Once saved, always saved. If you believe you can lose your salvation, then you absolutely have to believe that God did not have the power to save you to begin with, whether you admit it or not. And the second thing that you have to believe is that Jesus Christ must die again and again and again. And he died once for all. End of discussion. That's what the scripture says. So what does the four times we see this phrase teach us? I believe the first time, because we are justified by faith, we should live by faith. The second time we see it, because we have received faith, we should live by faith. The third time, because faith is of Christ, nothing can be added to faith. Because Christ is faithful, the fourth time, we should never stop living by faith. If you go up just a little bit further uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 35, you see this admonition. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience. We don't like that, do we? Because tribulation worketh patience. I remember my dad praying with me uh, before Ezra was born. And he prayed 
that I would have patience. And I said, Dad, I don't want you to pray that. He said, I don't care what you want. <laughs> and those of you who know my dad, you know that's exactly what he said. And then you know what happened with Ezra when Ezra was born. Ye have need of patience. But we don't like that, do we? But look at what the Scripture says. That after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that come will come and will not tarry. See, we must live by faith because he's coming back. And is he going to catch you living by faith, yes or no? Is he going to catch you doing the will of God, yes or no? What is he going to catch you doing? I love preaching Colossians chapter uh, uh, 3. Because it says, when he shall appear, we shall appear with him. And in my mind's eye, I think about, um, we hear the trumpet sound, and then boom, we're in his presence, caught with our hand in a proverbial cookie jar. Right? I don't think it's just like the slow vacuum like you see on television. And all our clothes are folded neatly in, in the, you know, that's a bunch of nonsense. I think we're going to appear, boom. And what has he caught us doing, church? Is it living by faith? Because Christ is faithful, we should never stop living by faith. And in case you were wondering, your faith is not misplaced. See, there's a lot of people, they have more faith in the government than they do in Christ. If you don't believe me, and I'm going to get political for a second, if you don't believe me, look at the last election. Don't tell me God don't know how to get a prayer meeting started. Every Christian was praying on election night. Your faith is not misplaced if it is in Jesus Christ. Your faith is not misplaced. Why? Because He alone is trustworthy. He alone does not change. He alone can be relied upon. Christ is the faithful God. Knowing therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Deuteronomy 7, 9. That the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the self-existent one. He does not need anybody's help. He came from nothing, to quote S.M. Lockridge, because there was nothing for Him to come from. And stepping out on nothing, he called everything into existence. He is the self-existent one. And then it says that the Lord, thy God, Elohim, the living, self-existent God, he is triune. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. He is God, El, the almighty, supreme Lord. And He is the one that keeps covenants, not us. Aren't you, aren't you glad for that? 
He is a faithful God. He is the faithful God, church. Christ is the faithful Creator. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. 1 Peter 4.19. Listen to me. Don't you think if the same God that got down in the dirt and He formed you out of the dust of the earth and He breathed into you the breath of life, don't you think that He knows how to take care of you? Not just your soul. We don't, we don't really have a hard time trusting Him with our soul, do we? Amen, we're saved. But all oh, that electric bill, I don't know about that. All oh, that next meal, I don't know about that. When it comes to our lifestyle, whew, I don't know. He's a faithful creator. And not only is he a faithful creator, he is the faithful savior. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not only is he the faithful Savior, but Christ is also the faithful sanctifier. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 3. He is also the faithful preserver. 2 Timothy 2.13 If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Do you understand, church? It has nothing to do with you and I. He's done everything. He's done it all. And because he has done that, because you are justified, because he is faithful, we should live like it. We shall. We must. There is no other lifestyle for the Christian but faith. And if you try, you will live in misery. And here's my favorite one. Christ is the faithful missionary. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. Amen. And the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Man, he just got real personal. He washed you with his own blood. Blood. You know when this really got real to me is when I was in Haiti, and and you see in the ladies there, and the, and these ladies came to my tent while we were out on visitation on our six hour visitation, uh, hiking around the ridge, and they took all my clothes out of the tent and were washing them, and I came back and my clothes are just like all over tree branches, and I'm like, oh no, right. But then I see them over there, and they're just washing them clothes by hand. I mean, just working them clothes, trying to get them clothes clean. And I thought, man, he has washed me with his own blood. Yes, it is for all the world, but it's for me. And it's for you. And it's so personal that he did it for you, because he's a faithful missionary. And then I want you to see that Christ is the faithful one. Revelation 19, chapter 11. And I saw heaven opened, 
And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. And his faithfulness is great, church. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 says this, through verse 24, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Listen to me, church. If you are hoping in anything else, you are so missing out. You're so missing out. Tia found this paper the other day. We actually, we, sometimes stuff happens that's so outlandish that we have to write it down so we don't forget it because there's no way we would actually believe it if we didn't write it down when we went back to tell it to each other. So we had talked about it and we made up our mind. True story. There was a person that, that had a need and we were going to see to that need. The Lord put it on our heart to see to that need. And we didn't have it, right? But the just shall live by faith. And so we saw to this person's need, and I no sooner had, had done the act of seeing to this person's need in a physical sense, and I turned around, and there was a man standing there who drove all the way from Arkansas to put that back in my hand, almost instantaneously. I said, what are you doing here? He said, well, the Lord told me to come here. And I thought, man, the Lord told him to come here. He said, the Lord wanted me to give you this. The just shall live by faith. I went there, true story. T and I went there. We had $200 in our pocket. And we gave it away. We left there with $720 in our pocket. And it has nothing to do with us. Absolutely nothing. Except for you are commanded, church, to live by faith. And that means that you see to the needs of each other. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 is all about. It is all about equality amongst believers. That this church sees to that church's need. That this member sees to that member's need. And it is done by faith. And missionaries. But he is faithful. I could tell you story after story after story after story. But I, I, I want you to understand. Go back to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11, and we're going to close there. And I know this has been kind of, a, kind of a different sermon tonight. It's not normally the style I, I, I use. I prefer exposition. But four times the just shall live by faith. And I want you to see here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. Christ, or excuse me, verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. You understand that he was made a curse. He was made. 
You say, Josh, I didn't think Christ had a beginning. Well, he didn't. Here's what God did. God took him, his only begotten son, and he made him to be the curse for you. So that you could have eternal life. So that you could live by faith. An unsaved person cannot live by faith because they don't have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not only was he, he, he made a curse, but obviously in order to be made a curse, he was made flesh. John chapter 1. That means that he understands everything about you. He knows everything about what you feel, what you go through. The only difference is, is that he did it all without sin. He did it all without sin. He was made flesh. He was made a curse. And then 2 Corinthians, we see that he was made sin. Our sin. So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You, you understand? It's all of him. It's all of him. It's in him, by him, of him, through him. That's how we can live by faith. That sin that you like, he became that. That sin that, 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 that you hide, he became that. That thing that brings you pleasure for a season and then brings death, he became that. And why do we play with it? We're all guilty. He became it. And he allowed all of it to come to fruition in his body on the cross, and he died. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth what church? Death. And when he knew within himself that all things were accomplished, he gave up the ghost. But listen, he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay dead. That's the one thing that just really irks me about Catholics is you always see them, they're up on the, Jesus is always on the cross. He's always there. No, 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 no. They took Jesus off the cross and they put him in a tomb. And because he was obedient unto death, he became the author of eternal salvation and he rose again. By his own power, he walked out of that tomb for you and I. According to Hebrews chapter 5, he was made perfect. Becoming the author of eternal salvation. And all that being said, church, how dare we not live by faith? How dare we? He is a faithful, good God. And I promise you, I promise you because I know it from his word, and I promise you because I have lived it, and I am living it, to the best of his ability in me. That if you do what he says, he is going to bless you beyond anything you can ever imagine. And I'm not talking about houses, and I'm not talking about cars, and I'm not talking about boats. Listen, y'all know the two best days of owning a boat is when you buy it when you sell it. Okay? Y'all know that's true. I'm not talking about all that. 
one day you and I are going to be standing around the throne and we're going to be casting our crowns at his feet. And if you have lived by faith, you're going to have something to throw down. But if you haven't, you won't. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to the throne room empty-handed. And there's going to be Dominican people there, and there's going to be Haitian people there. Because God is faithful. And he did the work of justification, and all he says is live by faith. And if you want it, you can have all the other junk. I don't want it. But one day, I hope every member of Hillside Baptist Church is standing in front of the throne, and we got something to throw down. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around. He is the faithful God. He is the faithful creator. He is the faithful savior. He is the faithful sanctifier. He is the faithful preserver. He is the faithful missionary. He is the faithful one, and great is his faithfulness. That being said, live by faith, church. Lord, tonight as we respond to you, Lord, I just pray that your spirit as he leads, that we'd be willing to say, yes, Lord, I will walk by faith. And so let us respond even now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? Maybe the Lord's laid it on your heart to respond by faith. The altars are open, and we invite you even now to respond to the Lord tonight. blessing tonight and I was thinking about those words that you said brother Josh if you want your faith to grow you must apply what you know and what a blessing tonight I pray that we will each be strong in faith in this coming year that's our theme that's our desires that God would help us to be established in our faith as we uh, just continue to serve the Lord thank you for the good timely message tonight I want to ask you to uh, pray for some folks tonight I know we've got some probably some new prayer requests uh, that have been shared here uh, but also from our prayer list, let me share a few things with you. I uh, pray for Beverly Fulp, who has carpal tunnel, tunnel surgery. Uh, she's just recovering there. Pray for uh, Bodie and uh, the Willard School students as they are going to go to uh, D.C. soon. 
Also, we have a great praise, uh, Chastity Brise, that we've been praying for, uh, who was severely burned. Uh, her husband was also severely burned, uh, and he passed away, but uh, in protecting her life, she is finally going home from the hospital. This has been months of, of, uh, of just uh, treatments, and so she was supposed to go home today. This is uh, Patricia and Bevan's uh, granddaughter there, and so pray for her as she still has pretty long ways to go. Pray for Dave Ivey. Uh, this is a back surgery, a brother of uh, Mava Fout, uh, his recovery there. Also pray for Donna uh, Dodson. Uh, we just give the Lord the, the glory. She's cancer-free. Uh, also, I spoke with um, Cindy Themer, which is Elaine Themer's daughter, or Cindy Freeman, excuse me, it's Elaine Themer's daughter. Uh, she's with her down in Ava. In the prayer warrior, we included uh, the address where Elaine Themer is. Elaine fell and broke her back. She's still in a lot of pain. And just encourage you to uh, reach out to her if you can. I tried her cell phone number uh, today and it did not work, but I do have Cindy's number. Uh, but we did include a, just an address in the prayer warrior if you'd like to send her a card of encouragement. Pray for Brother Gary Pash as he recovers from his cataract surgery. Uh, also pray for John Henry. This is Natasha Jones' father. He's having some severe heart issues. He basically said there's nothing more we can do. Uh, and so uh, they're not sure how long uh, before the next uh, major heart problem will uh, cause uh, him to pass. And so just keep them in prayer right now. Pray for Keisha Charles. I see Ronheen back here. And so how she recovering? Uh, she had a little procedure Monday where they removed a cyst. And so is she recovering pretty good? Okay, good. So we praise the Lord for that report. Thank you, Brother Ronheen. Pray for Brother Leroy 